going on guys 360 digital closing bell here i am your humble humble correspondent michael tanner joined as always by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director publisher of the world's greatest website oil and gas 360.com Stuart Turley. Stu, how are you doing today i'm doing fantastic it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and we have been busy michael We've been busy. This is our weekly look back podcast where we cover everything that happened in the week of energy, specifically now oil and gas. Um, you know, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. If you're listening to this, it's probably Friday morning or sometime Friday in the afternoon. So, you know, as always, if we miss anything crazy, we will update. But we do have a, a, a crazy show lined up. We're going to whip around to all the top stories. I mean, you want to talk about a wild week. You had it this week. We'll check in on the crude oil levels and those DOV inventory numbers. And as always, check with our 360 official non-official fund but before we do that this show is brought to you by our friends at adamantine energy who are asking the tough questions and really the important questions in this time and the question you need to be asking yourself if you're an executive is what does social risk mean for the energy business because it's not just community opposition to development projects it's everything from the success of the divest from fossil fuels movement to the investor engagement that's going on on your esg programs to individual states setting these really ambitious climate goals and decarbonization agendas that you may think Maybe even are a little quick, but that you need to stay up on the regulatory side of things. And Adamantine Energy is the leading consultancy that is helping oil and, the oil and gas sector prepare for all of the social risks. They're led by a wonderful person and friend of the show, Tisha Shula, who's the former CEO of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association. And they help companies just like yours explore your exposure to social risks, explore your response, and how your peer companies are responding to the opportunities that social risk can actually create for your business. It's weird to think about that. You can check out everything and sign up for Tisha's weekly emails which your competitors are reading by the way so i'd recommend checking that out you can take a look at all of that at www.energythinks.com you can also check this show out on itunes spotify or entercom's youtube channel 360 digital closing well please subscribe resubscribe do whatever makes the algorithms no nuts follow entercom on all and, and, and oil and gas 360 on all of the social platforms twitter facebook linkedin connect with me and Stuart turley on there you can check out on oil and gas 360.com the news desk which has all of your latest oil and gas energy news it's the pet i'm trying to make it the place to go for one click what's going on in the energy business you've got stories we've got charts we've got gain, biggest gainers and losers we have all the weekly episodes so you can go back and look at what happened at a specific day it's i'm telling you it's becoming it's going to be the best place to find energy information you can also check out the energy 360 network by intercom which is the best place for all of your energy thought leadership we had some great interviews we shot this week what's what's the schedule look like next week um, we'll be uh, dropping uh, Jeffrey Ken. It'll either be Monday or Tuesday. We're not yeah, sure. We just shot that earlier today. Yes. That's and good. He's he, a professional. Oh, he is. He was fun. He was really uh, he's up in Canada, up in Calgary, and knows his stuff. He was uh, a Deloitte uh, partner. And uh, also, uh, we've got Enverus coming out again. So we've got that. We're I'll have to get those uh, dates and times and roll out, but we got some two big ones coming out. We just had Buddy uh, from yep. Hounds and Moon. That dropped this week. It was an awesome interview. Oh, he was fun. I mean, the Oil Capital interview was just phenomenal. No, it's great. So you can check out all of that on the Energy 360 Network by Intercom, iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. 
And as always, we do on these weekly shows, on on our Friday shows, we sort of whip around the oil patch for the first segment and cover sort of the top stories that happened this week. I've really got three. Stu's got some stuff in the international news desk. But I think, you know, the biggest story that I think happened, obviously, was, you know, I think there was this three-day chunk between Friday, Monday, Tuesday, and then specifically Wednesday and today with the two huge slumps when it was market was bullish and then market was bearish. It was unbelievable, specifically on the equity side. You know, sort of the biggest news point to come out of that was, as we know, Chesapeake was one of those companies that was on the roller coaster. Their shares actually got halted on Tuesday by the SEC because there was a going concern clause in their filings with the U.S. Securities Commission that they were considering bankruptcy and they had risen so much. So they actually halted their share prices, which uh, was absolutely unbelievable because on Monday night there was some news that dropped that they're possibly going to declare bankruptcy as soon as this week remember they have about nine billion in outstanding debt and currently their stock price was at one point trading at 77 dollars now we just closed you know we ran it on the closing bell today um it was around 16 17 dollars i think is what the share price closed at um so you know you can think about the volatility that that uh chesapeake went through sort of has been a common theme throughout the entire business right now um you know when we look in the upside chesapeake 17 64 so that's what their closing price was so i mean we're all the way up at 77 dollars you know so to talk about the volatility that's been through sort of been indicative of the market you know remember on friday i mentioned you know, really, what why these companies were were moving up higher was was partly because some of this thirty five forty dollar oil might be a way might save off and make them solvent. Well, may that prediction's not looking as likely as 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 it really should be. Um, you know, really, what it looks like was a lot of retail money coming in trying to get in on the Chapter Eleven bankruptcies. So, as always, we swing and miss on the podcast, but we do swing, and that's the key. We never go down looking; we go down swinging. I'm an ex baseball player. You always get taught. You go down swinging. If you get caught looking, I, I, you're off. But you go down swinging. So we go down swinging. Um, um, you know, it, it was a good theory. It was a really the- a nice theory. I liked it. The other story that I have is, you know, specifically on the trading side, this is, this warms my heart. Two Goldman Sachs traders, specifically, these are two guys bringing 1 billion in commodities revenue after oil slump. Check this news story out on the oil and gas 360 website. Um, uh, I want to give a shout out to these guys, Singapore-based, Singapore-based partner, King Zhao and London-based partner Anthony Duo are responsible for $1 billion in specifically oil trading. Now, there was a couple mix. You know, you read the article. There's a mix including natural gas power and brother precious metals, but primary oil trading. Woo-hoo! So when, you wanna, when everyone talks about opportunities when the markets are down, this is the type of stuff they're talking about. Goldman Sachs, I mean, they hire brilliant people. It's partly why it happens. It's a nice, that's a nice payday. Hey, Michael. What's a few billion between friends? Nothing, nothing. We talk about that all, all the time. Um, you know, I have one more story, Stu, but do you have any U.S. shale stories for us? I know you've got international, but are there any U.S. shale stories? No, it's been crazy. It has been crazy. So I, I, the last thing I, I, I point out really for the week is as, as it's been completely wild. Um, you know, you can check out on Monday. We'll drop another show to kind of go over where I think our biases are for, for next week. You know, obviously if you, if you followed the show on Monday, I was, I was sort of bearish and then bullish a little bit because I thought we'd see 37 and I thought it'd bounce off and rebound. It did. We actually, you know, the 360 fund did well, which is uh, a good thing, but you know, it's subsequently after that rise above to 38, 39 t- yesterday and today has just absolutely been a bloodbath. So 
Um, you know, as, as we as we move from here, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Obviously, some of these shut-ins are continuing to come back on all of this onshore, uh, offshore crew that we continue to ch- that that Stu continues to bring up in the international news deck is going to continue to flood the market. So I think thirty-five. You know, thirty-eight dollars is the right price for oil, um, and so it'll be very interesting to see what happens this week. But we will have a full report on what's going to happen, what we think is going to happen next week um, on the three hundred and sixty digital closing bell. I, I just want to point out, if you're very interested in case studies, one of the things I is near and dear to my heart are oil and gas EMP case studies because there's nothing better than I love doing and drilling into the news. And when we bring up the Reserve Report a lot on this podcast because he they, they do great work. It's a group of guys, and uh, we're going to link the they have a whole Google Drive of all of their. Uh, both the PDFs, all the data they use, so you can go and back check all of this. Um, but they did a case study on Centennial D- uh, Development Resources Corporation, which is, you know, really I think one of the hot, you know, penny stocks as we move forward. Um, may they may or may not declare bankruptcy, but I mean, when you want to talk about um, an in-depth case study, if you want to look through anywhere, anything from hedging to production to then how you take production and actually calculate a share price value, because at the end of the day, yeah, that's what we want to know is that stock undervalued or overvalued. So they do a really good job of laying out everything they need to do. They also talk about, you know, why, you know, reported production values from 10 Qs may or may not be the actual reported what's going on it's 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 fairly helpful to use third-party data when doing this they bring up all this you know really the headline with cdev was you want to talk about they talk about you know you know we talk about hedging a lot on this podcast because i very much enjoy cdev is an example of a a company that didn't believe in hedging and then when they did get into hedging it was completely bad one of the big themes that we talk about on this show is good management good acreage probably going to be a good company um former you know they mark their ceo up until recently march mark papa Ran EOG for 14 years. So, I mean, you want to talk about having the experience, you know, you know lasting 14 years at a, at a large company like that. There's, that's no small, that's, that's something to sneeze at. So, um, the problem was they weren't really hedgers. They decided to go completely unhedged for 2019 and, and half of 2018. And that led to just some wild swings in what their value of their company was. They decided to hedge recently, which was you know, back in January, March. They got in at $27.00. And it's just been rough from there on. Mark, it's it's been absolutely rough. You when you look at their hedging chart, um, thirty dollar flat oil, they owe about nineteen million every quarter. Uh, Forty dollars, seventy two million a quarter. Fifty, hundred twenty five a quarter. Sixty, one hundred and seventy, and you know we, it goes up from there. So. You go from no hedge to hedging, you know, that's sort of the example. There's some really other cool stuff in this, so I encourage you to check out this case study if you're interested sort of in, in how to evaluate companies and, and what one source looks like. Um, like I said, it's Reserve Report. I love what they do. Stu, what's going on on the International News Desk this week? Boy, it is exploding, Michael. We've got a bunch of interviews coming up from all over the world here that uh, you're getting on, and a couple stories that really hit those. Uh, we covered a couple of weeks ago this big uh, oil spill, uh, over 21,000 tons of diesel up in the uh, Arctic. Yeah. Really, really are uh, angry over the environmental Greenpeace is really coming out, and there may be some big uh, things going on there. I did not realize that uh, Russia has over 10,000 oil spills a year. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm sure they're, I'm sure their regulatory business is top notch. Uh, uh, wink, wink. I'm sure they've got great regulators and they're not taking any sort of bribes or under the table payments or at all connected with the Russian government to maybe put out a deal. They would have none of that. None of that probably happens. It, 
No, and uh, you know, and if you're on the podcast, air quotes were going here on your hands. Air quotes. Um, anyway, so that uh, was one of the big ones. We also talked about Equinor. They have 150 ships. They're bringing on another 14, except these 14 are additional LNG-powered ships. Uh, the technology is now so that they're able to start using uh, just trash uh, and power them in. So really, LNG is a fantastic fuel uh, for a lot of things. So I'm bullish on LNG. You've been bullish ever since we had that interview with Spruill on LNG, and I thought it was a really good overview. If you want to know, the LNG market is different, I think, than what the U.S. onshore dry gas scenario yep. looks like. So if you're interested in how that world outlooks, I encourage you to go check out on the Energy 360 podcast. Um, there was specific, it's, yeah, I'll have to pull up the name. I will link the, the podcast in the show notes here so that you can click on it and go back to it. But it was Chris Miele, Christopher Miele, who was really their LNG expert. And it was, it was a gorgeous overview. Yep. And uh, out, outstanding, by the way. And uh, also... The one that kind of almost irritated me a bit was the Saudi-Russia oil price war, price war was a very big mistake by the Qatar min, uh, energy minister. They wiped out so much money, so many jobs, and you get a Scooby-Doo rut row. I'm not real happy with the uh, energy minister. And, oh, it was a mistake. Jeez. Yeah, um, I mean, in his defense, what are you going to say? But, yeah, I mean, it's... If you expect them to come up and, and, and be completely forthright, you're you're selling um, yourself a bag of goods. Sorry. I am surprised that he did admit to a Scooby. Um, all right. And yeah. then the last last one that I had on here was that Danny Green Energy wins the world's largest solar award. Um, they leapfrog toward 25 gigawatts of installed ca capability by 2025 uh -huh. in India. Oh, that is a gigantic solar project. So, wow, no, man. So, hey, renewables. You know, we've been talking. We talk about this a lot. ESG still sells. You know, if you, if you, if if if, if you're looking at where's the money coming from, if you're looking at, you know, you 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 sell a product or you you're looking to get in on business. Where well, where's all the money? It's ESG. Get have find a chance to get in on ESG, and you might find yourself. Um, in, in, into some deals, especially if you're all my independent contractors out there. Um, you know, Michael, ESG, follow the money, you will get deals. Yeah, you you uh, brought this up the other uh, last week, I believe it was uh, Citibank or uh, some of those that are now putting out there. Unless you're ESG, we ain't uh, capital's not there. Capital's dried up uh, unless you got ESG, solar oh. renewable all that it's gonna have to be if, you, if you're producing energy mineral you know, oil and gas uh petroleum you, you you're gonna have to have an esg plan it's even if it's the even if it's continentals which is oil and gas is the best thing that's ever happened for the environment i mean go look he's it's an incredible esg page you got harold ham sitting on the front it's really awesome actually and it basically says oil and gas has been the best thing for the environment we're natural gas, you know, if you, if you are in the Alex Epstein, you know, Alex Epstein would love and probably wrote continentals, um, ESG plan. Cause you know, it's exactly what Alex Epstein was talking about when we interviewed him, which was, Hey, oil and, you know, natural gas is the cleanest way to do energy. So educate, don't placate. Right. 
Uh, so, I, well said, Michael. You did good. So um, I think that's everything, you know, covering from the week. You know, check in, obviously, next Monday for the podcast if you kind of want to get our thoughts on, on what we think is going to happen next week. But I think it's time to shift in to the levels for oil trading. As always, this segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research and provide all of the levels from the Energy Glimpse Solution. Just check them out, sandstonecg.com. Give them a call, 949-561-1818. Gotta mention the podcast, though. We don't get credit. We, we, we love you calling them. We love you reaching out. But the problem is, you gotta mention, you came from the podcast. And then, trust me, they'll do a little... They'll do, they do good work and then they'll cut you, cut you a deal. But you know, when we look at the levels, like I said, you know, you know, bullish, you know, early in the week turned to a complete bear. Oil currently trading at 36, you know, 35.97, excuse me. It's 255 just for reference, uh, Mountain Standard Time on Thursday. So markets still got a little bit to go um, before they shut down for their little 45-minute rollover and the night sessions open. So um, who knows where this thing ends up? I've got a couple support levels. Um, I think 35.35 um, is 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 you know might where you see oil might fall to right now. It does look like it's it's consolidating around 36 dollars. But I think 35.35 is your low level. I think 33.34, excuse me, 33.45 is another level to watch on the downside if you're looking for some support on the upside. I mean, there's some chunks. You know, we've got you've got 36. 42 is a good level, 36.76, 37.31. A point of control for the week was 38.20, so that kind of gives you an idea of where the majority of that volume was traded. 39.09, that's a decent level on the upside, but like I said, I I think 38.20, you know, to, to 39 even is probably your max. I don't, like I said, I don't see us touching above 40, even though we did see just a hair above 40 uh, going back um, about four or five days ago. So um, it was a glimpse of hope. Um, for all your 40s. EIA had a, had a good number this week. Um, Cushing crude stocks were down 2.3 million barrels. 49 million, so good to see that number under 50 million for crude stocks. Domestic production down 100,000 barrels, 11.1 million. And I think we're going to continue to see this number to drop. We, we, this is a theme we touch on every Wednesday if you watch um, the Closing Bell Digital Ticker, which is available live on YouTube at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Intercom's YouTube channel. Um, we talk about this a lot because, you know, with, with, with shale oil production and new drilling being one of the main drivers of increased oil production, with that being completely shut off, this domestic cr- uh, production number is going to continue to drop. We're going to see more and more oil drop off the market, even if some of these shut-ins come back on. And even if some of this oil from offshore comes on, you might still see that domestic production number drop. We're watching crude stocks as well. But, you know, the crude outlook um, in terms of inventories, okay. Overall inventories were up uh, 5.7 million. Gasoline uh, storage was up 0.9 million barrels. Distillate demand was up 1.6 million. Um, gasoline demand is up as well, um, which is really good to see. I saw some numbers from Gas Buddy uh, this morning that said uh, we're up about 4% week over week on U.S. gas consumption. So good to see. Now you know there is part of the reason why if you're if you're looking at the overall markets, you know, recording this after an absolute bloodbath in the markets. So I think being positive is really tough. You know, today specifically on Thursday and. You know, if you're listening to this on a Friday, it'll be very interesting to see what the market opens. But there is just some new wave of coronavirus fears are sweeping the nation right now. I mean, I think, you know, when you want to, I, I mentioned this on the closing bell today, but, you know, panic selling is, 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 
very much in line with what happens with all of these algorithms. About 80, 85% of all trades that get placed through these exchanges are algorithm based. And so you want to talk about sentiment analysis that's going on. And when they see the price, you know, you know, when, 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 when things pile up and, and, and the algos get in a very sell bias, things can just get out of hand very quickly. So watch out for that. If you are trading, um, especially these volatile days, algos follow each other. So if you see, you know, that's why sometimes trading price action is the easiest way because just follow the price don't don't disobey the trend follow um follow the trend anything on oil stew before we move into the 360 fund we missing anything to watch out for in u.s shale um in u.s shale uh i we are visiting with enverus tomorrow morning that'll be uh, spicy shut-ins uh that'll be spicy and uh so we will be releasing that out uh monday tuesday but we'll keep everybody posted we will we'll be talking about um uh, shut in wells and the effect on them. So, um, I've read the I've read their report. The, the 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 eyes only report is. I wish we could talk about it, but it's there's some juicy stuff. And when it comes out Monday, I'm gonna I've got some questions lined up uh, for, for for this guy. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. The the only other thing is uh, the shut ins are still causing uh, gas uh production to be lowered and um i'm still going to be curious to see how all that's impacted um you know yeah um i mean you know when you you know as you know we i've poked fun at at everyone who's saying natural gas is supposed to be three four dollars um i don't think that's going to happen anymore like i don't think three fifty four dollar oil i think three i think i think a month ago when we interviewed all these experts i think you know they, that that was the was the sentiment, and I I, I think I agree. Um, do I think it's going to be three dollars? No, but I I think you're going to see in the fall we're going to see higher than normal gasoline or, or natural gas prices because of just the way ebbs and flows. I mean, right now we're building up storage for the winter months. I, I think that we have some play there, Michael, and some of the play is uh, the Indian nuclear reactor coming offline. Uh, you also have the Marcellus gas. Uh, it's going to take a little <laughs> while for them to get a pipeline put in up there. So that's not going to affect it. But you are going to have uh, pricing coming in out of the Russian gas. There is a gigantic Russia, um, Israel. There's a whole dynamic out there that is going to impact natural gas and back east they're using that russian uh stuff so there is still a big unknown right now there is but just remember if natural gas doesn't get up to 354 dollars you heard it here first on the podcast i was skeptical i've been skeptical from day one on three four dollar natural gas but i'm always willing to be wrong but i will stake my claim on that hill i swing that's what i say i just swing Okay, well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go the other way. So we got a one dollar bet, all right? Yeah, one dollar bet. I like it. We'll settle it live on the podcast. But I think it's time to switch in to the 360 official, non-official fund. But first, I've got to say this so the law- uh, the lawyers make us say this so we don't get sued. Trust me, we've got lawyers all up in us telling us what we can and can't say. So we got to make sure we get this in here. This segment is for entertainment purposes only. Everybody on this show, me, Michael Tanner, Stu Stewart Turley, we invest for our own account. We do not manage any outside money. We do not give investment advice. We do not offer securities or have any involvement in the regulated side of the industry. Remember, investing is risky, and you can and will lose. Lose all of your principal. Trust me, it's happened to me before. It can and will happen to you. That being said, Stu, how's your numbers looking? 
well, they're in the tank. <laughs> Let's have a little COVID scare. Uh, I got. I mean, the portfolio. I, honestly, the portfolio is as as your numbers might be. My side is held up very well. Bonanza Creek's been up, hasn't lost much. We had a good we had a good day trade on crude oil. I mean, the the portfolio as a whole looks good. Your, yours might have yours have been hit hard. Your side has been hit hard. Uh, I I got nothing, man. I'm sitting right. here. <laughs> it's what happens, and I I will go through those. You go through their search all the time. The key is you just got to keep swinging. Remember, they put. I always tell people this. That's why playing baseball is one of the best things that's helped me out in terms of trading. Because in baseball, you make the Hall of Fame if you fail six and a half out of ten times. You make the yep. Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a three fifty batting average. You get in the Hall of Fame if you can maintain a three fifty batting average, and that's striking out six and a half times every time, every ten at bat. So that's the way you got to look at trading. You just got to keep swinging as long as you stick to your process. Have a plan. Know what you look for, and don't deviate from your strategy. You, you will be successful ish. Now you can always have a strategy that sucks, but sometimes people don't actually see their strategy through. You know what I mean? So I think it's good there. Um, we'll check in with Tomcat next week. Um, so check out our Monday podcast. Like I mentioned for me, and we, we've got some good stuff. Bonanza Creek has just been a staple in our 360 fund. Rock solid. We're up over about $5 a share on that. So we will be eating good in the neighborhood. I'm, who's, who's uh, what was that? Is that Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood? Yep. I've, I don't like Applebee's, but I do like that slogan, and Bonanza Creek is going to be um, giving us some uh, some dinners here real soon. Like I said, we had a really great short um, trade. Uh, not, it wasn't a short trade. It was we waited for oil to get down into our, if you go onto the 360 News Index, I had a $37 level. Had some really nice movement on the upside that we were able to get in on. As always, remember, we have this, sh- this long-term long on natural gas because the experts just told us that's what we needed to do. Made us no money so far. So remember, I've been skeptical from natural gas for day one. But it's it'll, it'll be very interesting. I guarantee quarter three, quarter four, I'm going to be pounding the desk. It's going to just spike to $5 one day, and it's going to blow us all out of the water because that's how natural gas trades. I think it's everything. I think, you know, we're about 25 minutes in here. We wanted to keep it a little short today. Um, we You know, we're going to probably talk here off Monday, so get ready. Um, but I don't think there's anything we miss, really. I think... You know, we, we try to work these shows as the best way to just stay up to date on the energy news. And I think this is, I think that today's done a really good job of covering everything that's happened in the patch this week. Anything you think we missed? Uh, Michael, just want to give a shout out to you and uh, the rest of the team. Uh, we're getting outstanding feedback, following, and uh, views, numbers. Uh, your energy is really kicking off. So thanks for uh, everything you do. Well, I appreciate it. Um, it's just, this is too much fun. So you can't you can't, can't get much better uh, than this. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, and, and remember, if you've listened to the show, you have our permission to go ahead and end your day early and start your weekend. So I hope you guys have a fun weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday for the Digital Ticker.